Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. Don Tony. Kevin and I were more excited when we had Bombastic Bart and Bodacious Bob invade the NWA. Forget about anything you ever knew about Jack Swagger before. My reaction was, all right. The Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. The Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. Don, Tony. Don Tony, Kevin Castle, the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. Remember all those websites the last month saying that WWE was going to pull out all the spots for Raw at Madison Square Garden? Man, they weren't joking. They were on point. WWE did pull out all the spots tonight. With the exception of Steve Austin, they pulled them right off of the show. What's up, everyone? It is Monday night, 9-9-19. 20 years to the day that the Sega Dreamcast came out, because I remember, 9-9-99. I am Don Tony. He is... Kev Castle, welcome back, DT. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, I want to thank everybody for all of the well wishes. And, uh, you know, coming along slowly, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. And uh, I got some early pro- prognosis on Friday when I went to the surgeon who checked out, like, all the incisions and everything. But uh, I don't want to basically announce what they believe I still have until I go tomorrow and get further information. But apparently I may be dealing with a little bit of inflammation for the rest of my life. Oh, jeez. So, you know, I, I've been taking Motrin all weekend, and it seems to help quite a bit. I, I definitely feel better than I did before I had the surgery, but... You sound, you sound better. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep upbeat about it, you know. I mean, what am I going to do? If I sulk, it ain't going to make the pain any less. But, I mean, I definitely feel better than before I had the surgery, without a doubt. It's just that little lingering, nagging pain when you sit up for any long stretches of time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I took Motrin, and, uh, you know, well, we should be able to have a decent show, I think. Uh, speaking of decent shows, I thought Raw overall was not bad, mm-hmm. but if you do take out Steve Austin, yeah, there was it's... nothing different about this Raw than anything else. I mean, nothing. I mean, it was a decent Raw. I mean, the 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 bipolar Viking Raiders, and it's not their fault. It's WWE's creative. You know what that felt like tonight? What? Them teaming up with Cedric Alexander, Strowman, and Rollins. This is what it felt like felt like Paul Heyman was backstage seeing that they wanted to do a 10-man tag, and he probably yeah. had Strowman, Alexander, and Rollins penciled in. Now, instead of having maybe a little bit of dissension between Rollins and Strowman to close out Raw to add a little bit of hype to their match on Sunday... Instead, they have Austin come out again with the beer bash. But putting that aside, it felt like Heyman is looking at the idea of a 10-man tag and basically saying like, 
Who are you going to put as a tag team? Who's going to be the other two people? Who's going to be the other two people? Uh, we got the Viking Raiders. All right, but they've been destroying jobbers and they're a heel. So how do right. we put them in? All right, we'll just have to make a save for no fucking reason. So yeah. the Viking Raiders, as impressive as they are, I don't give a fuck about them right now. I ain't going to all of a sudden fall in love with them overnight. And Cedric Alexander, why is it that whenever he wins a match, immediately after he has this look on his face, when I saw my mother naked accidentally when I was six years old, when my mo- the look on my mother's face when she caught me whacking off at 14 years old. I mean, why does he have this look of shock on his face every time he gets a victory? It's fucking annoying, man. It's annoying. Well, he's been in catering so long. I guess he's still shell-shocked that he's getting utilized. And I think, obviously, D.T. Heyman was probably trying to get a rub off Austin for the Viking Raiders. Get a rub off them, mm-hmm. like oh, they're 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 wow, these guys are something. Notice they didn't drink the beers. I heard both of them don't drink. Mm. Uh, they were just they were just pouring it on themselves. Mm. Uh, I was gonna say I heard that they don't drink, and I was gonna I was watching. Them, I was like oh, they're well, they're pouring stupid. It on themselves. Yeah. They're stupid yeah. because it seeps into the pores of your skin. Yeah, I think it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was Heyman thinking, let's get these guys a rub off Austin and the top guys in there and Cedric too. But, uh, yeah, outside of Austin, you're right, DT, nothing different, nothing special except the very good women's tag team match. But Charlotte missing a few moves, which mm. was so, so noticeable. But a great match with the girls. But other than that, Steve Austin was the difference maker well, from the, the beginning and the end. Well, I, I made a couple of predictions about a month ago. Um, first off. You know, we'll talk about King Corbin in a minute, but yeah, I, I also props on Twitter on that. One. Yeah, thank you. I also said that I feared, and not necessarily feared, because it's not ne- that bad of a thing. But about a month ago on Patreon, I said that I fear that WWE is going to utilize the women's division like they did with the Usos and the New Day with regards to the tag division. WWE's created a big problem in the women's division right now. And it it happened also in the tag team division. They focus so much on the New Day and they focus so much on the Usos. It's that everybody else was being put on the back burner. And then when you decided to give a tag title run to the B team, you decided to give a tag title run to a different team. It, it didn't feel like it mattered at all. And whenever, you know, I still think in that moment when the Usos and the New Day were in the ring, respect, respect, respect. And yeah. they're shaking hands and you think, okay, the feud is finally over. Let's fucking build some new feuds. And after a couple of weeks, because they haven't blown their load trying to put over any other teams, what do they do? They go, what's safe? They go right back to the Usos in the New Day teaming up, facing each other, and now they have done it with the women's division. Because a month ago I said that the four horse women are going to be your Usos and New Day. That the women's division is going to be focused around those four, and that's pretty much what we got. You take away those four women in the women's division, who right now is a viable number one contender that could win the belt and you could say, you know what? Yeah, she could be the representative for the women. 
There's really nobody. And unfortunately, Natty is not from the hood. She doesn't have like 18 fathers because the mother just kept getting divorced over and over again. So, you know, she can't keep weeping about fathers passing away. And I see that, you know, yeah, in bad taste, but I feel bad what happened to her. I, I, I did, Jim the Animal Nightheart was, was great. And nobody wants to lose a parent, obviously. I'm very lucky to still have mine. But, you know, over and over again, over and over again, you know, I was thinking about my dad, I, I, you know, and then, st- st- no, you, you don't get pumped for anything. I, and, I, and I still re- remind everyone that last year I said she was going to be the most important person to move from one of the brands because she helped Rhonda and she helped a lot of others. But there's nobody. There is nobody. And unfortunately, to the guy in the chat, you can't cite me racist for joking about Natty's father. So you know, I, I, yeah, just because I insult someone doesn't mean it's all there's a racial overtone to it. So no, I didn't even think there was. I don't know why he thought. No, that. no, no. He's joking. He's joking. Uh, no, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, there's no one. There's tag teams in these. There's you know the fire and desire, whatever they're called, and then you got the iconic. They have tag teams, but they don't have any single women. Lacey Evans still isn't ready for prime time. Got Natty had to get her win back tonight. The crowd didn't care. It was the piss break match. Uh, the, the the viable women DT are down in NXT. Well, one's named Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the other ones. Uh, you know uh, named Rhea Ripley. Though those are the ones that are viable and can make some noise up here. But they're in the minors. I'm doing finger quotes. Uh, there's nobody up here on on the main roster outside of the four women you just discussed. The four horsewomen. That is a viable challenger. None. And I, I don't think they can groom any of them. Mm, no, I don't think so either. And, you know, it was funny. You know, it's funny and it wasn't. All the people that actually thought that uh, Ember Moon was getting some type of a push. Uh, no. you know, yeah, she, she could dress like a warrior. Her eyes could be bloodshot red. They could be green. She could be a fucking Connors cure, whatever, survivor. Doesn't matter. They just, they, this is basically the Usos in the New Day women's division version and the cool thing about it is that charlotte becky sasha and bailey are all extremely talented they without a doubt but you cannot have two big time women's titles and women's tag titles and the four women that are the ones that you're focusing sorry alexa bliss and nikki cross do absolutely nothing for me right now they they yeah. do nothing nikki cross i'm glad that they utilizing her but even with that you know it's same thing with the viking raiders are they their baby faces one week their heels another week then their baby faces again and their heels i mean it's entertainment I mean, and it's not rocket science. You go see a horror film, the killer is usually the bad guy. You don't have Jason part one where he's a bad evil guy. And then Jason two, he's a good guy. And then Jason three, maybe he's a tweener. And Jason four, maybe he's fucking, what was that? uh, Gender neutral. You don't fucking change the characters every time there's a different episode. the, the, The Terminator, the Terminator became a babyface. Well, the Terminator became a babyface because that the, the the fans dictated that. There are some people that end up changing. Look, later on, Freddy Krueger, you know, we all wanted him to fucking hack everybody up. You know, yeah, you're like you're a dumb anti-hero. 
Yeah, you're a dumb bitch, and you're outside your house, and fucking Freddy Krueger's chasing you, and you don't fucking get into the car with the engine running and drive away. Instead, you just lay in the corner and pee your pants. You deserve to get hacked up. I agree. You know? So, this is what we got with the women's division right now. Anyway. Well, what you think of the what you think of the match, DT? And did we, Charlotte's uh, botches her fault, or I mean, I think she's just afraid to hit her knee on the moonsault. She she landed weird, and then the boot uh, when she did the boot, she missed by a mile. Honestly, this is how I see it. Number one, it happens to everybody. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes the cameras will pick it up a lot uh, worse than others. Uh, Charlotte has missed by a mile quite a bit in the past, but she's not the only one to do that. Uh, I I didn't think anything was anything different tonight. It just so happens that, you know, a lot of times the camera just gets it perfect and you see it's just, you know, ridiculously bad. I blame it on the person taking the move sometimes because, look, sometimes you, when you're taking the move, you don't know that on camera it missed by a mile. But there's some times where you know that the move the person just hit on you just totally missed by a mile. And when you just go ahead and sell it anyway, you know, and just act like, you know, you got punched in the face where they didn't even, you know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. I blame on the person taking it just as much as the person giving it. But look, you know, this is entertainment and they're not, really connecting on each other. And honestly, I'd rather see Charlotte miss by a mile than Charlotte break somebody's orbital bone. I agree. You know, by the way, just to let everybody know, a couple of announcements. It's not, you know, anything big right now, but just like if you follow on Twitter, you already know basically a little bit of what's going on. First off, with SmackDown moving to Fridays, obviously the show we do live on Patreon every Tuesday night there will not be a WWE show on Tuesday night anymore. So the live show that we do on Tuesdays will be moved to Fridays. Now, unfortunately, not all of us, Mish, myself, Kev, are available on Monday nights because there is real work, real jobs going on. So, Friday night, you mean? Yeah, Friday night. So it'll be a, probably a little bit more of a smorgasbord as far as which show airs, but there will still be a live show Fridays on Patreon. Another thing is this Wednesday, in lieu of Breakfast with Blossie, I'm actually going to do a pilot show uh, that's going to be pretty much everything except for Raw and SmackDown. And I was polling patrons to see what show idea names they could come up with. Some people had some decent ones, but I kind of like fell into this one. You know, the rumored show name for AEW is Wednesday Night Dynamite. We don't know if that's actually going to be the name, but that's a name that's always been thrown around. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at the name and I just so happened the other day to watch an episode of Good Times where J.J. Walker would go, Dynamite! And whenever I see that name for AEW, Wednesday Night Dynamite, I always think of J.J. Walker. So I just so happened to look at the word and on J.J. Walker's book, he actually divides the, the word dynamite into three syllables and he puts a dash between each syllable. So it's D-Y-N or D-Y-N-O, no, it's D-Y-N-O-M-I-T-E. And when no. I saw the D-Y-N, I said, ah, oh, what if I take the Y and replace it with an O 
And I know it sounds a little corny, but when you see it on paper, it's actually not that bad. So I came up with Wednesday night, Don Omite, D-O-N, instead of D-Y-N. So I'm going to do a little pilot on Wednesday instead of Breakfast of Blossy. It's going to cover a lot of AEW, Impact, NXT, you know, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and a few other things. It's going to be everything but Raw and SmackDown. So, you know, the idea is, is that especially because I'm really doing too much by sitting up for real long periods of time. I pay for it the next day. The idea is maybe do an extra show or two during a week, but all the episodes for all the shows that we do will be a little bit shorter. So you still end up with more content at the end of the week, but rather than doing two and three hour shows, I didn't even realize that soup consistently uh, only goes 90 minutes now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's not about, you know, quantity or show length, it's quality. Quality. And speaking of it, I heard that they uh, knocked it out of the park Thursday. Uh, yeah, I listened to it, I listened to it yesterday. Uh, it was really, it was really good. I mean, they really made some valid points. I think, without you know taking it to like ranting and raving, it was just it was just real good debate and them getting their point across about their stuff about you know what I mean without it being like you know anything uh, over the top. It mm. was real, real. Uh, real intellect coming from uh, Joey and, and Mish. And I think if you weren't on their side, they probably won a bunch of people over with some of the points they made. Mm-hmm. Well, it, look, I've had some pretty intense de- debates with Mish about uh, Conrad and Starcast. Mm-hmm. Me, I have always actually taken the side of Conrad because I feel, you know what? I swear on my mother that I'm not making this up. There's a guy that works in my father's store that actually uh, is part of a podcast. And a couple of his friends went to StarCast. And I saw the guy today and he says, oh, did you make it to Chicago? I was like, nah, man, I just had surgery. It's still fucking hurting and stuff like that. He says, yeah. He says, my friend went and he fucking spent $1,000, you know, to sit, I guess, on their podcast row. And he said they gave yeah. him, like, a folding ping pong table with like, a, a, like, with, like, a bullshit mic. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And I, and I was like, oh, you know, what are you going to do? And I said to myself, I, the debates that I have with Mish, you know, nobody is forcing anybody to drop 1000 or $2,000 to be on this podcast row with StarCast. To me, it's no different than what the Mass Maniac used to do with his indie wrestling shows. No. He would have all those ticket sellers that would never be booked on any card. And if you want the privilege of being on a show, I was a ticket seller too. If you you want the privilege of being on a show with major stars, then you needed to... Prove your worth. And the only way to prove it is to guarantee that you were going to sell 20 tickets, 50 tickets, you know, whatever it is. And um, we would have jobbers, you know, scrubs, 110-pound wrestlers that would sell 50 tickets for his show. And I remember me, Mass Maniac, Mr. Big, you know, we would be going by Kennedy Airport, sitting in front of someone's house, waiting for them to fucking come home from school because they were ducking Mass Maniac to give them the money for the tickets. We were like fucking Rocky trying to collect. We were collectors, you know, but... <laughs> did, did, they, did they give you a coach? Yeah, they? No, they didn't give us codes, <laughs> but I'm telling you, and anybody that's still Take talking... The code. 
Anybody still talks to Mass Maniac, he will tell you 2,000% that I'm not exaggerating any of this. Me and Mr. Big would sit by, I don't want to name any particular wrestlers, but we would sit in front of people's houses until they would come home from work. And then usually it was Mr. Big that would have the lead and he'd be like, uh, where's, where's Frank's money? Oh, I don't have it again. The, the card is Saturday. You promised you were going to sell 20 tickets. Give me give me the money for it. Oh, well, you know, no, I, no, give me the fucking money for it. And you had people fucking calling their mothers, giving them money. Look, you, you promise that you're going to sell $500 worth of tickets. Well, you know, you got to pay the piper. L- listen, it goes on in the band business, too. I work on big shows where the owner makes bands, sell certain tickets to be on with certain bands. And it goes on in the stand-up comedy uh, scene because Draper did stand-up comedy set in the late 90s. I bought a bunch of people from the old club, Castle Heights. We had to pay a cover charge, two drink minimum. We bought tickets from my brother. It's this. It's capitalist society. It goes on yeah. in bands, wrestling. I, I think the the way they presented it with Connor, uh, listen, it's a, it's not a forced thing. You go in, it's buyer beware. You go in with both eyes open, both ears open. Um, nothing is promised and you might get a rub. You might not, but I'm not sure what the Conrad thing is because I didn't, we didn't do business with him, DT. We don't know. No, well, you know, the one yeah. thing I, I have said from day one and you know, I don't, and the one thing that I have made clear is that, you know, I, I defend my, my soup brothers. I mean, Mish has been there for me more yeah, than could have known. And you know what? I actually, you know, <clears throat> I, I, I have, debated with Mish big time about Conrad and I and I have no problem with Conrad's business uh because nobody's forcing it and look that's always going to be a heated debate um the only thing that I kind of disagreed with Con- Conrad but I also agree with him tremendously is that the podcasting is dead um I oh yeah that's ridiculous that's ridiculous I agree wholeheartedly that 5 years ago the podcast mm-hmm. scene in wrestling is much different than it is now. And mm-hmm. I agreed with Conrad that a lot of shows are done. And it's and a lot of people did lie about their stats. We used to joke about Minority Report that would fucking get Austin and other people on the shows. And then they would fucking lie and say, oh, we got all these crazy listeners. And then they have six. A lot of podcasts. Chris Cash did that. A lot of people did that. They would lie about their numbers. But... I think if Conrad would have brought up the YouTube uh, issue that so many of these podcasts depended on YouTube revenue, and as soon as YouTube pulled that revenue, they were history. That's why since day one, you know, when I always talked about how, you know, Mish and I could have bought brand new cars with the money we spent on the shows, there is a tremendous dedication and, and expense and sacrifice you got to make for the shows and too many podcasters out there thought hey i'll just do it on youtube hey i'll just do it on blog talk radio hey i'll just do it here and everything is free and you know i'll reap the benefits and then when everything was taken away and wait a minute you mean to tell me now i have to pay for this and i have to pay for that and a lot of them folded so I, yeah. I agreed with most of what Conrad said. I just feel that you just can't paint that brush that broad. Now, I have not listened to Soup Show yet. Uh, I am definitely going to listen to it. Yeah. And, you know, look, I'll always be uh, debating Mish big time about Conrad and business stuff like that. But at the end of the day, and I don't think anybody would expect otherwise, you know, I, I Soup is my family. So, 
you know, I, I, it's all, it's all, it's all of us. I mean, my family's literally on it. <laughs> yeah, my brother. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean it's, it's extended no, family. Similar. But, but also DT, as you always say, it would be pretty boring if we all agree on every aspect of everything, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be much of a show. Yeah. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So we have to have point, point counterpoint. Exactly. Could, but you know what? I, I know my numbers. I don't lie about them. My numbers, I've been honest and accurate since day one. And um, I always look, I always focus on Stitcher because that seems to be the easiest go-to. You never see me plug iTunes. You never see me plug, you know, these other fucking outlets out there. Spreaker, I've never even bothered to be on more than five minutes. Other places live by Spreaker. But all I know is that you go on Stitcher, and if you take away all the professional podcasts, Cornette, even Sam Roberts, Conrad, and the others. Yeah, Joe know, Rogan. Yeah. yeah, Joe Rogan. I mean, we are, for them almost every single week, the number one non-professional wrestling podcast out there. When I say non-professional, we're amateurs. That's that's the way it's always right. going to be. We're number one. And th- there's no stats that you could lie about that. And and it's just the way it is. So uh, I'm I'm proud, you know, the, the work I'm doing. And just to, like I said the other day, it's kind of depressing when you look at it that way. But somebody brought it to my attention. Like, dude, you realize what's going on next year, right? And I'm like, yeah, mania, might get engaged, this and that. And he's like, no, 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 about your podcast. And I was like, what? He says, do you realize that you're entering your fourth decade doing this shit? Because I started my hotline in 1997. So I did the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now we're hitting 2020. I'm going to enter my fourth decade doing this stuff. I'm in my fourth decade in the club business, my third yeah. decade in podcasting. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's why when, you know, people bring to my attention Bruce Mitchell going all over the net saying he's the longest, you know, running podcaster out there. Eh, let him think that. You know what I mean? Like I like I say all the time, I'm not in anybody's inner circle. I have not ever been in anybody's inner circle. So unless you're in like a certain inner circle with these podcasters and goofy fucking Wade Keller and all these other rejects out there, you never get acknowledged. You never get fucking. And and honestly, I like it that way. Well, I don't think we even got acknowledged from them even after the Rolling Stone thing. We didn't get acknowledged. Oh, I honestly, I could care less. I think. No, no, no. I'm just saying I, I, I don't think we've ever been. And even when they mention us, it's in like a roundabout way and it's cryptic and you're not even sure if they're talking about us. The other day, uh, I went outside to grab uh, advertisement thing. They had like ads for like Stop and Shop and others. And I had no shoes on and no socks on. And, you know, I figured, all right, I'm just going to go and open the door in front of the house, grab the fucking, you know, the ad thing and bring it back in the house. And I fucking stepped on a slug. All I felt was splat and wetness. And I looked down and there's just gook everywhere and fucking gunk and guts. That still, to me, is more aesthetically pleasing to look at than Wade Keller. Sorry. I just, that's just the way I feel. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know what the association was. Yeah, no, be. it's just like, I, I'd rather, st- I'd rather... You know, eat that slug that I stepped on. And I will never, ever be part of any of these inner circles. I mean, I respect all of them for the hard work that they do. But to me, most of them are just goofs. I mean, this this is their life. You take that away, they know nothing else. I mean, they're like the Crash Hollies of fucking wrestling I don't even know what you call it. It, Gossip sites, newsletters. Meltzer is the only one, Meltzer and Alvarez are the only ones 
that and Vince Russo who used to have a newsletter, but Alvarez and Meltzer are the only ones that I ever fucking put any respect into. And I've been a subscriber of Meltzer for, for a very long time. Yeah, you like Meltzer. I, I always thought Keller's was just as good, but I guess they're kind of the same guy. Yeah. Honestly, I, I always vowed I would never eat um, Squingili as long as I live. I'll never try calamari. I, 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 I'd rather fucking... That's weird. No calamari. That's, that's never had calamari. Would never nice. even try it. I, I'd rather eat fucking squid calamari and eat the slug that I fucking stepped on before I get in, you know, behind any... Nah, You've never it. tried calamari? Never tried calamari. I bet, I bet your dad eats it, right? Yeah, they all eat it. Uh, yeah. One, you know what happened? One time yeah. we were at a restaurant like 20 years ago and it, it wasn't the fried one. It was just like the squid. And I picked it up and I saw like the tentacles and shit like that. I'm like, I ain't eating this stuff. And then I went fishing with my friend and he used squid for bait. And I yeah. looked at it and I said, if you just add olive oil to this, it looks like the same <laughs> shit. So I was like, I, I can't eat it. It just, no. I never, ever fucking got try calamari. Never, ever will. I feel that way about anchovies. I can't stand anchovies. They make me sick. Anchovies, I can't stand either, but my mother makes this unbelievable white pizza. And it's white, not because... There's no such but thing I as... I like the white. Like, yeah. Like, 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 yeah. No racial overtones, everyone. I'm not talking about white flour or anything like that. It's white pizza, meaning that it's just pizza dough, <laughs> olive oil. You know, it's pizza yeah. dough, olive oil, garlic, a little bit of grated cheese, and she puts anchovies on top and bakes it in the oven, and it's just unbelievable. Oh, no mozzarella? No mozzarella. Wow. Just a, it's just, I call it white pizza because it just, it's white as, as can be, and it's just got a little sprinkle of grated cheese, garlic powder, or gar minced garlic, and some anchovies. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I can't eat anchovies and Caesar salad. Phil, you got to be kidding me. No. Ew! No, never! Ah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Nice that looks like funny. the inside of my ex-girlfriend's pussy, man. That is oh, gross. Good. And good. on a period too. <laughs> oh, the show is taking a nasty turn. Oh, anyway, oh, let's god. shout out our new and returning patrons. First off, our newest associate producer, Whisperer Bob. Welcome aboard. Kenneth Hewlett, James Smith, Mark Wheeler, Benjamin Korn, Michael Botek, Raymond Pagella, William Robles, Alan Gouda, Belly Rovers, Quadruple H, and Jason Proof. So oh, nice. Welcome aboard. Welcome back. Welcome. Some names are familiar. And uh, new plug tonight. I know okay. a lot of you have heard us shout out the Metaphor Isaac Fox many times over mm -hmm. the years. He has a website right now. And I know when I first say it, some of you out there are going to be like, what am I going to do with this? Believe me when I tell you, you will utilize this. He is a writer and he does custom poetry. So if anybody out there, you know, like if you want to like maybe, you know how they sell those cards, the Hallmark cards yeah. that are just empty inside and you write your own fucking thing inside? Yeah. I, back in the day when the internet was first around, I used to go online and I'd look for like like really corny, beautiful catchphrases that I would put in a card. Hopefully I would get laid as a result of it. And then you realize that they can Google it, the phrase also, and realize that I just copied what, what someone else wrote. Isaac will actually write poetry or write like a card for you. 
and it's and it's original and it's creative so you could take credit for it so you you can have him write up something at your girlfriend's anniversary it's a first date a second date whatever it is and he'll write something for you and you put it in the card you give it to your girl your girl will be crying in tears you'll be getting blown from it and it, look and if you're you're a guy and you're you know you like your m&ms with peanuts hey your boyfriend might fucking love it and the greatest thing about it is if they're internet savvy and they start going google searches saying what author wrote this or created this this can't be his original you won't be able to find nothing so so you can take the credit for Isaac Fox's work. So IsaacFox.com, the link is on my website, DonTony.com. Check it out. He's got a patron as well. And I believe I was the first patron on his page. So nice. I'm the first member. So check it out. It's uh, definitely worth it. Um, we'll get back to Roy in a little bit. You want to talk about Ric Flair a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about it. Absolutely. What's, what's your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, I saw the TMZ thing, and me and Draper mentioned a little bit because the story with TMZ didn't break out till after the Draper show. Me, me and Draper did last Monday. It was in the midweek, so we didn't get a chance to see Flair's thing. There was just a rumor that Flair, and there was the the you know the piece of paperwork that he signed for a trademark or whatever. Then he was on TMZ, and he seemed to give a lot. He gave a lot to them in that interview. I mean, he pretty much told the story. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't think he's going to win DT. I don't think he's got a case. To be the man, you got to beat the man. That's an expression, but the man is not his. <clears throat> and it's been used by Stan the Man Musial, back your baseball aficionado, DT. Uh, you know who Stan the Man Musial yeah, is. Yeah, also Stan the uh, Man Stasiak. I don't Stan remember, Stan. I don't remember okay. Stan Musial suing Stan Stasiak for using no. Stan the Man. Yeah, it's just, a, it just you know, again, it's been used. I, he doesn't own the rights to it. It's not the same. Jerry McDivitt told him over the phone, you're not even close. Kev. And Rick Flip, yeah, go ahead. Late 90s, I heard it 10,000 times on Nitro by Bobby Heenan. The man, Goldberg, the man. Yeah, you're right, you're right. There's been a lot of wrestlers over the years. See, this is the, this is the problem I have with Ric Flair. Yeah. A lot of people may remember. I don't know if it was Fightful. Anybody remember that? No, it wasn't Fightful. Somebody in the chat, please remind me the name of the website. They wrote a very scathing article about Ric Flair about seven or eight years ago. Might have oh, been yeah, Fightful.com, yeah. but it, re- it, was. it revealed all <clears throat> about his marriages, all about mm-hmm. his debt. You know, I I, I know the, the ESPN special was very, very powerful. And look, the man has gone through tragedy. The man has gone through serious illness. The man has gone through, and look, I'm saying the man too. The man yeah. has gone through a lot of stuff. But you know what? I don't give a shit how much you've appeared in movies. I don't care how many times you've been in a ring. I don't care how many times you've been on a basketball court, played a major league game. I don't care how many times you fucking did something. It doesn't give you the the right to make hundreds of thousands of dollars in tax debt, alimony, owing tons and tons of bills. Oh, I'll always fly jets. Oh, I'll always buy limos. Well, you know what? If you don't have the fucking money and you don't fucking cut back and ride in a fucking Yugo for a change, there's something wrong with you. Uh, But it's Ric Flair. He's got to be in a limo. No, that doesn't work that way. That is just called irresponsibility. And the thing is, is that whenever Ric Flair really digs himself a hole, and this goes back to what I said 
couple of weeks ago about the IRS and the podcast situation. The IRS is no longer about, we go after the big guy. And I don't mean Ryback. We go after the, the big guy and we ignore the little guy. Everything is computerized now. If this is reported to IRS and you don't report that you got the money, you're getting a fucking letter. And, our, and Ric Flair is getting letters for whatever reasons, and Ric Flair doesn't know what to do about it. The problem is, is WWE seems to be the only one that has come to the rescue for Ric Flair in the past. They rent them $800,000 yeah. one time. And unfortunately, it's like a child who gets his first credit card or her first credit card, runs up a crazy bill, and the parents pay for it. And then the kid goes to fucking school, runs up a crazy tuition bill, and now is getting collection letters, and the parents pay the bill. Then the kid fucking, you know, tries to get an apartment, can't afford the bills, and the parents pay for it. And then one day the parents are like, look, I can't, we can't keep paying your bills anymore. And then what happens? The fucking kid thinks that the parents are the bad guys, that they're trying to hurt them and screw them. And that's how Ric Flair feels about WWE right now. WWE is, I'm sorry, they could be a trillion dollar company. They're not obligated to give this man a penny. And this guy has got a lot of debt right now. And he thinks, okay, well, WWE's not going to give me money. Let me figure out a way to do it. Oh, I got it. We'll sue WWE because they're using the man. And yeah. it just it's, looks like desperation. And it's sad because you would think, you know, he, he married Fifi. You know, let them ride into the sunset. Have a quiet life. Go on the beach like Macho Man. Woo! You know, just don't get into a car accident. Yeah, it's just like live the final years of your life in peace. Enjoy yourself. The fact that this guy still wants to build tens of thousands of dollars of debt is not, ooh, it's Ric Flair being Flair. No, it's an irresponsible man who is doing irresponsible things. And... I, I said it years ago, and I got a. Uh, I hate using the term heat because I'm a nobody. I I don't get heat. I got cursed at. Right. I felt that Ric Flair's stardom is the reason why Reed Flair is six feet under right now, because yeah, be, yeah. when Reed Flair was getting pulled over and busted for the drugs and everything else. I, I, I put up the three faces of Flair and it was Reed Flair and three mugshots and you could see this man seriously deteriorating. And what happened was when he died, Ric Flair thanked the cops. And if you look at the history, there was always someone there to catch Reed when he was falling. He was never able to hit rock bottom. And because of Ric Flair's celebrity status and because Reed was never allowed to hit rock bottom and try to pull himself out, there was always someone there to catch him. I even think, was he going to work a Ring of Honor show, I think, at that time, even after yeah. all of this? You know, there's somebody needs to not catch Ric Flair when he hits rock bottom. I thought being in the hospital and almost dead was hitting rock bottom. You know, but it, it just seems like the guy will never learn. And I think, you know, as, as much as he's the greatest, 
you know, wrestler of my era, probably the overall package and always beloved. And, you know, he's entertained the fuck out of me. It doesn't give you the right to be careless like this. And it just looks like desperation. Now he inked the deal with Adidas. Yeah, I was going to say the part of that interview with TMZ, he announced he signed a deal with uh, Adidas uh, on the video. Flair stated Adidas and him are planning to make uh, Nike the second brand. I doubt they're going to do that. Can I can uh, I ask yeah. everybody, including you, a question out there? Sure. Tell me why I would buy a pair of Adidas because Ric Flair is plugging it. I don't even associate. Why would a 70-year-old, he's not even, and he wore boots. He didn't wear sneakers. I don't get the affiliation with sneakers with Ric Flair. I don't get it. I get it with a football player, right? Basket, especially a basketball, baseball player, a wrestler. Not really. You know what? Mark in the Discord chat right now, because we have two <clears throat> chats running right now. Mark, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you just wrote that WWE should help Ric Flair, and I guarantee there's a lot of listeners out there that are probably echoing that comment in a couple of sentences. I give you all the time you want. Right in the chat room right now. Why? Why should WWE help him? They're going to say, well, the answer, DT, you know, is going to be because he's Ric Flair. Well, that's not an answer. Give me legitimate reasons why WWE should bail him out again. There there is none. WWE has done more than they could have ever imagined for Ric Flair. And no, Ric Flair, WWE's not their parents. You know, it just... I, I'm I'm not liking this. I mean, look, some people said that Triple H unfollowed him on Twitter. or this Seth person, Rollins did, yeah, Seth Rollins did I, too. I don't fucking pay attention. You know what I mean? Like, I that doesn't mean anything to me, in my honest opinion. But I think, you know, that's a cryptic way of saying uh, F off, I guess. Yeah, I just, yeah. Um, I don't think anybody, look, Ric Flair has given his life for pro wrestling without a doubt. But... You know, it's not Ric Flair being Ric Flair. Unfortunately, everybody in this country is created equal. And the the IRS should not give someone a break because, oh, he entertained me when I was a kid. No, it's not the way it works. That's not how it well, works. Well, DK, you're missing some very valid point of what he said of why he wanted the money to take care of Fifi, so to speak, whatever. I don't believe I know, that. I know that's not her name, guys. What, what's Ric Flair's wife? Wendy? Wendy, I'm yeah. sorry. To take care of Wendy, he's got a bunch of stepkids. Wendy had children from previous relationships and his kids. And he says he wanted to take care of her. I mean, but I'm saying his excuse was he wants to set her up. But you're right, DT. It's not their job for him to set them her, them up for the future. She stayed with him 31 days. But isn't that what a good wife is supposed to do Look, when you're ill, DT? Ric Flair created Ric Flair Finance about 10 years ago. And it was a business venture that he tried, and it failed. Yeah. All right, Ric Flair has tried various ventures, and some of them have failed, some of them have done decent. All right, there is nothing wrong. I want to make this clear. There's nothing wrong with Ric Flair working for Adidas if he wants to make money to Aye, take yeah. care of, of uh, Wendy. Now, absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But the idea that WWE or anyone else owe him something... You know, because he's Ric Flair, I I don't buy into that anymore. Um, He's got to take responsibility. And I got to be honest with you. I mean, look, it looks like Wendy and Ric Flair really love each other. And they look like a cute couple. And there's no question about that. Yeah, maybe the four four times the charm. Right. But Wendy also needs to understand that Ric Flair's history with his 
uh, his his women, bills, expenses, lack of responsibility, you know, just lack of self-control. You're marrying that. And once you marry that, you can't give the puppy eye look on your face like, look, I have nothing. I have crazy bills. We don't know what to do. We're going to lose our mansion. We're going to lose this or that. Who the fuck told you to, to marry? Like if, if I meet a girl... And this yeah. girl fucking cheats on everybody that she ever dates with. Yeah, well, yeah. why are you so special now, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and I marry her, and then she cheats on me. I can't be like, oh, I'm so depressed. She cheated on me. Buyer, yeah. buyer beware. Buyer like beware, man. Before. You fucking buy a car with 300,000 miles on it, and the engine fucking has a history of, of problems, and you fucking buy it. And then you set up a GoFundMe page. Hey, I'm having engine problems. I don't know what to do. I'm going to lose the car. Who the fuck told you to buy that car in the first place? You know, Wendy yeah. and Ric Flair loved each other. They wanted to get married. That's fine. DT, DT you got all robot. Everyone's saying in the chat room, you got all this started. Oh, uh, well, you know, it's, it, it, it'll, it'll fix itself. No, yeah, I still hear it too. We're all hearing it. <clears throat> All right, one second. All right, now I just heard. Now you're good. You're good. You're yeah, good. that's Discord doing that. I I actually saw the red, so I'll Everyone let it down. You, you, you went, you went, Mr. Roboto. Yeah, that's Discord. But um, no, what I was, DT, but DT, one thing, um, one thing though. See again, you're right. Is she not paying attention? She knew him back in '92, '93 when he was doing Flair for the Gold. She was on that. So she knew his spending apps. Dude, Gene Oakland talked about him running up ten thousand dollar bills in bars where he had to call Jim Crockett or he had to call uh, someone from Ted Turner to lend him the money on his next paycheck because he covered the bar tab eight grand for everybody in '93. So I mean, I mean, you do that a bunch of times. I mean, it just all adds up. Yeah, you know, it look, just all adds up. If he really cares about her. Stop feeling that people owe you something and fucking just work, make your money and fucking stop, you know, acting like someone who can't even fucking afford, you know, handle a credit card with a $500 limit on it. Grab some fucking responsibility. It's not, and, and I'm not trying to be politically correct over here because look, I, I, I hate, this is a bad segue, but you know, I see people online, you know, they get all fucking butt hurt because Cody Rhodes on a show, you know, with the fans go, puto. I mean, and then people are fucking going ape shit over that. I, I'm not into this PC stuff, but my God, you're in your 70s. You fucking learn responsibility. It's called commitment. It's fucking sacrifice. Ric Flair at this point just sounds like a guy that just feels that because he's Ric Flair, he shouldn't have to pay for a tab. He shouldn't have to pay for a fucking drink. He shouldn't have to pay for food. He shouldn't have to pay for clothes. He shouldn't have to pay for a mortgage. Well, you know, well Conrad takes care of him now. And I'm not even saying that sarcastically. Con hey. Conrad's his son-in-law. No, I know. I know. A lot of people Conrad, don't even know that Conrad is Ric Flair's son-in-law. Conrad Thompson is married to Ric Flair. Which daughter is Megan. that guy's? Megan. 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 Yes. And ironically, the history show is pretty much done. I did it right. last week because I had done a couple of weeks in advance a month ago because I was foreseeing the surgery. I have a lot of next weeks done already, so I may do next week's also. One of the clips that I have for next week is a clip of an interview that Ric Flair did with a TV station back in 81. And they talked about 
Megan and David and stuff, and they were very, very young at the time. So I happened to, you know, trying to t check the timestamp of this to see, was it really 81 or was it more 82, 83? And I, I matched up the ages, and it really was a clip from 81. I'm going to share it next week. But in doing the math, I think Megan Flair is 45 years old. So, but you know, look, I look. I hope Ric Flair lives to be a hundred, and mm -hmm. I don't want to see him go through any more stress because he already has a bad heart and he's got issues. But at the same time, though, WWE owes him nothing, and the idea that he thinks that he could sue WWE for the man thing. I'm sorry, Jerry, Jerry McDivitt is a lawyer. He's not a fucking Mark. That he's going to talk, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he and and this is what Ric Flair needs to understand too. You know, you can't fucking call Triple H and say, "Look, could you talk to Jerry?" You know, could, just a, just a little bit. There's fucking stockholders to answer to. Yep. So yeah. they, there ain't none. Is look, if Triple H wants to give some of his private money, it almost looks like a bad scene of Goodfellas. You know when Paulie gives Ray Liotta that little bit of cash when Paulie's cooking the sausage in that rinky-dink diner at the towards the he end? Gave of him, he gave him, what, $3,500? Yeah, like $3,500. Yeah. Like, I could picture Triple H, like, in fucking, in, like, the NXT, like, in the back, <laughs> cooking sausage and, like, Rick, telling Ric Flair, hey, take this. Now I got to turn my back on you. No, no, it reminds me more of Casino when the guy is in the in the lounge with Joe Pesci. He's like, did you take the money? Did you put the heat on? Did you put the heat on? Did I give you the money for the heat? Yeah. That was so funny. He goes, your wife called me said you didn't turn the heat on see oh I, I love God. what tony Schiavone's doing right now tony Schiavone making a couple of bucks on the side he's doing videos online i don't know if anybody out there has seen it but he's doing videos and he'll basically obviously you know nothing racial or nothing you know really offensive but he's doing clips where he said you know like someone is telling them to recite lyrics from a song and Tony Schiavone's on film, on camera going, lick that pussy, lick that pussy good, lick that pussy. And I'm like, this is Tony, but he's doing it for a couple of bucks, and it's funny as fuck, and the guy's making some cash off of it. Stop feeling that the only way you could get money is because people owe it to you or you feel you could sue people. Ric Flair had that lawyer like five years ago, and they just wanted to sue this place, this place, this place. That's why High Spots had a bad experience with him. Ring of Honor had a bad experience with him. I don't think you, and I'm saying this with the utmost respect, I don't think you anybody could do business with Ric Flair. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, again, DT, is he burning a bridge here? Is, is, is this going to be a bridge too far? Once this uh, gets a little out of hand, do you think? And Flair is getting up there. I mean, I hope this isn't the final chapter, so to speak. I wouldn't be w surprised if Ric Flair shows up on AEW presenting a championship yes, belt yes, to someone. Yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ric Flair is at a Toyota dealership signing autographs. I don't know if Ric Flair will ever be on fucking video going, lick that pussy good. Like that pussy goes. No, no. I don't. Know I don't somewhat hear that. I yeah, don't I don't know that. if he'll go to that extent, but I, I pray to God. I and I say this the utmost sincerity. I pray to God that the guy could just chill out, lay back, relax, live the rest of his life. You know, with his wife. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a great family. You know, the it just just smile be happy and and 
you know, if you if you can't afford to fucking fly, you know, first class or private jet, suck it up. Suck it fucking up and and fly fucking like everybody else. Take take an Uber instead of a limo. Yeah, I mean, just you gotta, you gotta. And you know what? If he refuses to do all that, then stay fucking home until you pass. Oh, jeez. No, I'm saying it's like get a house in the country. Get a house in the country. Fucking have Grubhub deliver your food all the time. And, or have Wendy go to the fucking store and just chill back, relax, get a fucking webcam, do custom videos for people all day long and all night long for a hundred bucks a pop and, you know, just live your life out that way. DT, won't he always be in demand, though, on the wrestling convention circuit? I feel what I'm afraid of, and I know some people may feel it's already happened I'm afraid of Ric Flair, and and please, people out there, don't misconstrue what I'm saying, because I'm kind of like saying this on the fly. I didn't think about this before. I I I am afraid that Ric Flair is going to start whoring himself out, really diminishing his value, and it's almost is it it, it if it's almost yeah. like the wrestling equivalent to when he was fighting Hogan and Sting in TNA, where you know he was so embarrassed about the way his stomach and his chest looked at the last Nitro. You look at him in his last matches in TNA. You know, he had more chins in a Chinese restaurant. You know what I mean? It's just, he just would just, it was embarrassing to see like an old, I mean, my God, if if you, who, who starred in a wrestler again? What's his name? Mickey Rock. Mickey Rock. If they did the the sequel to the wrestler, like Rocky sequels, and they did the wrestler thirty, and Mickey Rourke is in his thirtieth year of doing a sequel to the movie The Wrestler, I don't think that would be as embarrassing as seeing Ric Flair at that age still trying to do it. Yes, he loved pro wrestling, but I'm afraid that he's going to start getting exploited because he needs the cash that badly that he will fucking say the the, the stupidest shit. Do the stupidest stuff. I'm not saying on a level of jackass where he's going to fucking, you know, you're going to pay him 20 bucks to fucking, you know, eat somebody's poop. But I just feel that, you know, the classy Ric Flair, the upscale Ric Flair is going to get diminished in the final years of his of his life. Uh, The Adidas thing. I don't think that that's a big deal. I don't even think Adidas looks at that as a tremendous deal. The only thing that I think I would buy from Adidas that Ric Flair would be selling is slippers for my father. Oh, that Adidas makes good slippers? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, like if he's got, if he, you picture Ric Flair sitting on a couch with fucking slippers with big white socks on, you know, like, like grandparents do, like smoking. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I would buy. Like, Adidas, give me one reason why, why, oh, but we're coming out with Ric Flair Adidas shoes. What does that mean? Why? Because his name is scribbled on it. I'm gonna buy it. Get the fuck out of here. Skechers. Skechers is who should have inked Ric Flair, not Adidas. You know. You know what's gonna happen? You're gonna get a whole bunch of basketball guys gonna be like, "Yo, homeboy, I'm wearing fucking Ric Flair sneakers." Woo! And you know what? Nobody gives a fuck. Well, the people would only give a fuck if it was really the top echelons and, and the real, like, hip basketball or athletes of the day. Other than that, what 17-year-old is going to want to wear sneakers that a 71-year-old? Yeah, you know, it's gonna, all the basketball players are going to buy it. 
And they're all going to fucking one-up each other doing the fucking little yeah. Instagram videos. Ooh, look look at, look at what I got on my feet. Woo! You know what? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You know who give a fuck? Dells. Because Dells could review the sneakers. Yeah, Dells. You got to review that shit. Dells will review the sneakers. Too, yeah. But why would I buy that? Ric Flair insignia on my feet? Why? Why would I want that? But... No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, at the end of the day, Ric Flair is beloved, but Ric Flair is also old and a shell of what he used to be. And I'm sorry. I'm If I buy the fucking... If you're going to say to me that 20% of the proceeds from the Adidas sneakers goes to the Veterans Foundation, 10% of it goes to Ric Flair, blah, blah, blah. they're not thinking, all right, maybe, 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 but what? Uh, Adidas is the one that's making the majority of the money here? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, I know. DT, can I uh, mention someone from the old school who's kind of going through a tough time that I didn't know about until I just found out today? I don't as, know if you knew as about As long as it's either. not Joe Pettisino. No, it's still with Joe. Why? I know, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, Joe Pettacini. Did you know he suffered a stroke, DT? Mm-hmm. But did you know uh, how he was doing, that he's uh, that Bonnie put up a video on YouTube? He, you see that? I haven't seen the video, but he, yeah. he's been heavy for a very long time. And no, no, I know. He's, he's been heavy probably his whole life. You know what? I, I wish him well. Um, it's health catching up to you, unfortunately, and what happened to him is what I feared. Yeah, it's it's what you fear. I mean, he was heavy all his life. He's not doing well right now. You know, I I don't want to, you know, get too cryptic here because we said the week before Holly passed, like, look, everybody, you know, from what I'm hearing, you know, say a prayer for Holly because, you know, he might not. I don't want to say the same thing for Joe Pettisino, but. I did not see the video yet, but from what I heard, Bonnie Blackstone really, she hits, she really hits your heart. Yeah, I only got to see a little bit of it. I'm going to watch the rest of it after the show. Uh, yeah, and, and hey, props, DT, they're still together, 35 years. So, you, I mean, long time to together, those two. You know what? When I was still in the 300 plus pound range and I'd be with my girl, if you was ever to compare it to somebody in wrestling, my girl would be Bonnie Blackstone and I would be Joe Penasino. I really? guarantee you that there was people in my neighborhood and be like, what the fuck does she see in that fat bastard? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I never... Pretty, well, back in the day, you mean? She was pretty no, blonde. I'm talking about my... No, I'm saying oh. my girl... Like, like, my girl is, you know, she's not skinny skinny, but she's beautiful and skin you know like right. decent shit like i whenever i saw bonnie blackstone and joe pedicino you know like i never envisioned them to be a couple right you know i mean it just looked like an odd couple like i just never the two never just look like that they you know it's not that they needed to be lovey lovey on camera but i don't know i just saw her and i saw him and i'm like I don't know what she sees in him, but it was more superficial. I'm not going to lie. It was very superficial because that's all I knew about them. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's 69, by the way. Yeah, they've been together 35 years, and uh, she still looks good, by the way. She actually looks good. She sure. looks good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's sad. Yeah, he's kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's not looking too good there. So I'll watch the rest of it and comment on it maybe next week. But, yeah, Joe Pettacino, anybody who doesn't know who he was, he had uh, this week in wrestling, you know, DTS, this week in wrestling. Mm-hmm. History used to have this, this week in wrestling sure. back in the 80s on Channel 11, right, DTPIX? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, they would cover all the territories. You guys would get to see clips from Continental, World Class, Puerto Rico, all the all the Los Angeles wrestling, all over the place. And they would have clips and highlights. It would be hosted by him and uh, Gordon Soley. And Bill Apter would always be the special uh, correspondent. Remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Bill Apter on there. So it was, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a good show. It was on for a couple of years in syndication. And then he ran. He was actually Bruce Pritchard's boss before uh, Vince McMahon snapped him up as Brother Love. Bruce worked for Joe uh, at uh, Global mm. Championship Wrestling. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Joe, yeah, Joe's a Joe's a pretty good name in wrestling. Got a pretty good reputation, right? DT never really bad things. No, no. And Bonnie yeah. Blackstone, she worked for WWF for a very yes. short period of time, and I remember they like changed her hair up a little bit. And I yeah, they gave her like a like a bouffant. There's a clip someone posted the other day of her interviewing the narcissist Lex Luger in '93. I don't even remember that. Yeah. And someone posted it on Twitter. Yeah, and she had sure they made her cut her hair short. Didn't look flattering. I know she looks better with long hair. Yeah, she did. She, she looked. Uh, she was a hottie outside of. Uh, she was and still an attractive woman in her uh, mid sixties. Yeah, um, Ricky. No, I'm not posting photos and videos of my girl. You're gonna have to fucking yes. fantasize. Too personal. Yeah, no. I, I've learned over the Photoshop years to uh, be a little bit careful with some of the stuff I post online, but. Uh, um, let's see what else we can get uh, into. See Undertaker making the uh, appearance at the ESPN college game? I did, and you mm. know what? It's cool. I mean, you know back in the day, I said a long time ago that WWE, that, uh, not necessarily WWE, but uh, Undertaker was going to be domesticated, yeah. where you would learn see more and more of, you know, the person behind the character, and you get to see little glimpses here and there, and... Yeah, look, we're going to see him tomorrow on SmackDown. I don't know if The Fiend is going to show up and do anything. I I don't know if that's a good idea. I honestly would have loved to have seen that happen with Steve Austin tonight. You you know what that felt like tonight? Did you see the Firefly Funhouse clip? Sure, watch them all. It was great. It was was cool. I wish he came out, but I guess that's not in the cards. Bray couldn't get Steve Austin's name out of his mouth. And I'm not yep. saying it a negative thing, but this is what it came off to me. I had said last week that, you know, I would get a kick out of if uh, the fiend choked out Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. And then Mish and I were talking that, uh, you think Steve Austin would ever put himself in a position to be vulnerable and, you know, choked out like that with no payback? And we were like, you know what, maybe at this age now, especially since he doesn't wrestle anymore and he's mellowed out a lot, then maybe he would do that to give Bray Wyatt a little bit of a rub. And that's what I would like to see tonight. We did not see that. But Bray would not shut up about Steve Austin. So what it felt like was they wanted to do something with Bray and Steve Austin, and Steve Austin balked at it because tell me what the purpose was of Bray just talking nonstop about Steve Austin if you're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, I wonder that, DT. You think that was next, and in the final hour, he went out and did the beer bash thing with those guys? I mean, you think would you be surprised if you had tomorrow that they were going to do a thing where he's going to give Austin the mandible claw, then Austin nixed it, he didn't want to do it. I mean, I'm wondering what... Austin's not supposed to be on tomorrow night, even though they're back in the garden tomorrow. Is Austin supposed to be there? I hated the end of Raw tonight. I yeah, mean, I you're, you're teasing dissension between <laughs> Seth Rollins and Braun. You're going into a pay-per-view Sunday. Now, I'm wondering if Seth and Braun are going to be on SmackDown tomorrow because if they're not, 
you went off the air going into a pay-per-view of them having beers with Steve Austin. Sorry, this is not Raw Reunion, duh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it felt like, okay, it was a cool moment to see everybody in the ring with Austin a couple of months ago with Raw Reunion, doing the toast, and there was legit some legit tears in that ring. People haven't seen each other in a long time. And it was a very cool moment. Maybe one of the top five moments of the year. It felt like WWE tried to do that again tonight at the very end of Raw, and I fucking hated it because you wanted to feel like maybe Braun chokeslams Seth Rollins or they have a falling out and they fucking start wailing on each other. Instead, no, they're having beers. It just, I don't know. To me, it was ass backwards. You think they just wanted to send the fans home happy, DT? I think the fans would have went home happy just from seeing an overall good show. And honestly, you you know this. When you go to a live wrestling show, right. it, it could be scrubs on the card and you usually go home saying you had a good time. You know, even look, yeah, some people I loved, I loved that people got triggered today on social media because somebody started a camel toe chant. <laughs> My guy fucking loved it. I'm like, you, yeah, I mean, they, they think the fucking camel toe is like when the Iron Sheik had the camel on fucking TNT. Yeah. They don't even know what camel toe is. I mean, yeah, it's not an appropriate thing to say, but you had to see these people immediately get triggered on social media. Fucking yeah. loved it. But, you know, usually you go to a show with your buddies or your family or you, know, you usually have a good time. I mean, it's I, so I think the live fans would have had a great time whether Austin would have came out or not. Yeah. So what do you th- but why do you think that? So is there something you think uh, for the pay per view Austin going to do more with them? Is Austin trying to beef up the ratings for a show? Because I know the ratings took a real nosedive in the last couple of weeks on uh, the Steve Austin thing, and I've watched it. And DT, I'll be honest with you, I think the problem with that Steve Austin show is the. Not enough big enough stars in my yeah, opinion. They're kind I, of middle of the road stars. Right before we went live tonight, I saw some fat Spanish guy in a fucking car. I don't know if who, it's, who is that guy. Fluffy? I don't know if it's, is it fat, fat, I, don't, it is. I don't know if it's Who's fat that? Joe, but I, I as I'm walking into this room, I look back and I see I hear Steve Austin on the TV. I look and he's interviewing some fucking fat Spanish guy, and I'm saying to myself. The fuck do I care that he's interviewing this guy? Like the Becky Lynch one was good. You know, yeah. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Look, I'm sorry, but outside of people who fucking watch car racing all the time, who the fuck cares if he's if he's hanging out with Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Well, all the chat rooms are saying he's a stand-up comedian. Oh, Gabrielle Iglesias. And, and, yeah, and, and, uh, I thought that was Fat Joe. No, they call him Fluffy or whatever. Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, he's got to be about four bills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and DT, they also had on the guy from Impractical Jokers. These are just not that famous of people. Yeah, I mean, I, it's that's like something you would see on Spike TV on like a right. Sunday at five p.m. It's just, yeah. it's it doesn't interest me. It's a, you know, and then you and Steve Austin. I'm going out of retirement. You ain't getting out of fucking retirement. Get the fuck out of here. That that show was destined to go downhill. And it's nothing against Steve Austin, and it's nothing against the people that are on there, but I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just not enamored with any of the guests. The Becky Lynch one was okay because I'm a wrestling fan. But do I care if there's race car drivers and football players and comedians and fucking people? You know, 
Why do I care about these people? Well, DT, let me ask you a question. Would wrestling fans stay tuned if it was Steve Austin doing these outside things with star wrestlers? Steve Austin, I don't think, wants to be connected with just wrestling now. Steve Austin yeah, has expanded so, yeah. his base, and I don't think USA Network wanted that either. I mean, obviously, they want a little bit of a wrestling rub, so WWE could plug the fuck out of it, but... You know, without that wrestling rub, it's just, I don't think there's a lot of interest. Notice how the racing community is not putting over. Dale Earnhardt Jr. just had a fucking helicopter crash or whatever it is. He's yeah. going to be on Steve Austin, blah, 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 blah. You don't see those fucking sports plugging it. You know, you don't see uh, the, the when they have a football player on, you don't see that team or, you know, the NFL or I think, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah is going to be on straight up Steve Austin tonight. You just don't see that. But WWE, oh my God, we got to give 95 spots to it. You look at the Roman Reigns fucking cameo in the Rocks movie, you would have thought yeah. Roman Reigns had a leading role. He's on there for like 18 part. seconds. Yeah, small, small part. You know, I mean, but Steve Austin's name is carries weight and he is a draw and he is an attraction, but in this with a certain demographic. Yeah. And I think that USA might have overestimated, you know, he's not the rock. And, you know, I think they might have overestimated him. He's good for these kind of once in a while spots. But every week of Steve Austin, I think he's an attraction. He, they overestimated Steve. the guest, the, the value yeah, the, of the yeah, guest. The, yeah, the value of the guest. Because honestly... The fuck do I care that Gabrielle Iglesias is with Steve Austin? Yeah. First of all, well, any the guy from Impractical Jokers, you have to watch that show to know who that is. Yeah, and this Iglesias guy, I mean, anything that Steve Austin does, this guy can't fucking keep up with it. After twenty seconds, he'd be like, <laughs> yeah. "So I went to the ball today." <laughs> What's he gonna do? Cut jokes? <laughs> I mean, he can't. What is he gonna do? There's nothing he can do. I mean, yeah. he's gonna talk about his. I'm not interested. Sorry. So you I see think, a picture, picture of Howard Finkel. Jeez, Howard Finkel. Uh, yeah, um, the picture they ju they just posted a picture in the chat. See, that shows wow. you he's a guy that doesn't want people to recognize him anymore. Yeah. You you see that happen to people who get older or get sick, like they change their appearance. I don't think Howard Finkel you know, would look as frail if he didn't have the beard. And even if he used a little bit of just for men, you know, just for yeah. the sides, cause he was bald, but, um, you know, but no, you, you let, I, I always thought about that with David Letterman. I mean, you see some people who oh, just, yeah, yeah. Letterman. They, they, yeah they, they, when I see that photo of Howard Finkel and if anybody's listening to that download, Okay, now you show the full picture. Okay, Howard Finkel, you know, I hate to say it, but stick a fork in him. Um, he's done. But lost uh, a lot of weight though. Jeez. He lost a lot of weight. You know it sucks when you lose weight when it's too late. Yeah, it's true. And you know what, Isaac Fox, I might uh have to like, you know, compete with you with the the poetry. I just did a little bit of a rhyme, you know? He yeah. lost he lost the weight when it was too late. But I think um, was taken tonight at the garden, actually. Yeah, but you see, like you change your look because you don't want anybody to recognize you, and that's sad. Yeah, that's sad. That's sad. It really is. I and you know what? I wish nothing but the best for Howard Finkel for oh, the days yeah, he's we, got left. Going back know. with him since since we were started into wrestling. Yeah, seventy nine. I mean, my yeah. first garden show I think was eighty three, eighty three. Yeah, because you were going, you were going to uh, 
The Queens, right? Ridgewood Grove. Grove. Mostly Ridgewood, Ridgewood Grove. Grove. Yeah, yeah. You know, a little bit of uh, Jamaica Avenue. And then I went with my grandmother to the garden. And then once I went to St. Francis Prep and found a couple of my buddies who were also wrestling fans. Oh, that's when they used to do them at the schools. Yeah. Sure. That's, hey, DT, did they use the same crew in uh, Ridgewood Grove as they did in uh, the garden with the referees, Gilberto Roman and all those people back um, in the day? Yeah, Gilberto Roman saw a lot. Um, Dick Worley, Dick, Dick, Dick Kroll. Yeah. Uh, the the little guy that died this the, this year, the um, the Spanish guy who owned the gym in Brooklyn. I can't remember his name. I was just oh, talking yeah, about yeah. him last week. He was there a lot. But yeah, they would use the same referees. Absolutely. Oh, okay. But the card would be a lot less. I mean, you yeah. you you get a shitload of Jose Luis Rivera. You would, you, would, you would get Johnny Rods. You would get um, Charlie Charlie Fulton. Charlie Fulton, absolutely. Lots yeah. of Charlie Fulton. Ron Shaw. Yeah, I got to see Backlund once, and it and I was lucky because that's when I had broken my arm and. Backlund signed the cast and then went out to eat nice. with everybody after. And it's a memory that I'll always keep cherished. So it's awesome. Um, you know, since we were talking about Austin, uh, mm-hmm. this is interesting. His, his beer company, El Segundo Brewing Company, they announced yeah. they're going to be uh, expanding where they're offering his beer. And the interesting thing about it is. They said that in 2020, it's really going to expand into different markets. And they had a map and they said, you know, in the, on the Northeast, you could click this map and you could see where the bear, the beer is available now. And I clicked okay. on the map for New York. Yeah, you yeah. expect a little bit of Manhattan, obviously, but right. I was blown away. Two-thirds of the areas that sell Steve Austin's beer is in fucking Crown Heights. Really? I'm saying to myself, do they even know the demographic over there? I, I just picture at night fucking people listening to Jay-Z going, yo, I'm getting myself a fucking old English. You know, I just can't picture like that area just That's guzzling right. Steve Austin beer. I had to like really look. I found three areas that outside of Brooklyn and Manhattan that have it. And for anybody that lives in our neck of the woods, if you want to try Steve Austin beer and you really want to go to an establishment to try it, in Forest Hills, they have the Forest Hills Station House on 71st Avenue. It's near Austin Street. If anybody remembers the Midway Movie Theater, it's near there. I know where it is. Yeah, it's right near there. In Rockville Center on North Park Avenue, there's a place called Press 195 that has Steve Austin's beer. And Mm -hmm. in Wontaw, on Merrick Road, there's a place called Blackbird. And I know that place because I used to go fishing right near there. Um, I know where it is. I figured in Long Island they'd have Austin beer. Long Island would be the market that I would put it into. Yeah. Long Island would be perfect for Austin beer. Absolutely. I couldn't believe it. It's all fucking Crown Heights in Brooklyn. I'm saying to myself, I've driven through Crown Heights. They ain't drinking Steve Austin beer. That's weird. Oh, man. Long Island is perfect for that. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about Baron Corbin. Um, I almost yeah. feel, I almost feel <laughs> dirty saying this. You know, when they first announced that they were going to have a King of the Ring tournament, even before they announced the participants, I said, you know, can't help it, but King Corbin and even Queen Evans, I, I just can't help but to feel King Corbin... Yes, he was been a flop for the majority of the last couple of years, 
But WWE, for some reason, insisted on pushing him against Rollins, insisted on the GM storyline, insisted on this. And you know what? If you're going to give him, you got to give him a little bit of a bone. All right. He gave him a briefcase. He was unsuccessful in cashing it in. He was unsuccessful against Rollins. He ain't winning fucking titles right now. So, you know what? King Corbin kind of sounds like it makes sense. And I bet Corbin from day one and Corbin is now in the final. We are going to do pay-per-view predictions in a few minutes. But um, I feel dirty saying this, but I'm starting to become a Baron Corbin fan. I honestly believe, look, somebody wrote on Twitter earlier, like, I told you he's the biggest heel in WWE. He's not the biggest heel in WWE right now. You go from Shane McMahon to Drew McIntyre to fucking uh, Elias down the line. There's a lot of AJ Styles. AJ Styles. Um, just because people out there like AJ Styles doesn't mean he's a babyface. He is a heel right now. He's a heel, yeah. And he was great tonight calling Steve Austin a man, an asshole. Yeah. And but getting back to Corbin, I think I can honestly say this. Baron Corbin, for me so far, most improved wrestler 2019. I'm shocked. I'm becoming a fan yeah. of Baron Corbin. I am too a little bit. I, they gave him a more flattering outfit to wear. Uh, his ring skills are getting much better. He was real precision with that deep six, and uh, he's 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 there when when he's taking a move or giving a move. He's got good timing for a six foot seven guy, three hundred pounds. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, DT. He's uh, most improved as PWI would have the. Uh, I would put him in most improved. I really would. I agree with you. It's growing on me too as a heel. I maybe WWE sometimes gets it right. It takes a few years, but they see something in somebody. And sometimes they don't see something in somebody. But, yeah, uh, they may like him in the back. Everyone's like, oh, Vince's boy. Whatever. If he's getting the job done, give him the credit when he deserves it. And I think King Corbin is a given. I put, If this was a betting sport, I'd put all your money on King Corbin. I'll say he's this. Gonna, he's going to win. He's going to win it. Fucking Chad Gable is not beating Barry. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll get to Gable in a second. But yeah. um, Corbin should really thank WWE privately because me being a wrestling fan since 1979 I have thought long and hard because it's been asked on Patreon shows in the past and I've thought long and hard and I honestly cannot find much anybody who has consistently pushed for this long with such horrendous reception from the crowd and poor just you know poor uh poor um not rewards but just you know just getting um somebody give me the right word it's just like a poor you know um oh shit i'm drawing a fucking brain fart right now just like a like like a you know like you like a poor investment it's just like a, you invest in something and it's taking a dive and it's not working and it's taking a dive and nobody's into the product and it's taking a, tie, a dive and you're just getting a poor, re- oh, okay, a poor return on your investment. Okay. I, you look at over the years, I honestly cannot think of five people who WWE invested that much time on the main roster with 
that resulted in such a poor investment, but continued, 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 and then broke through. I'm not saying Baron Corbin is completely broken through, but there's no denying he's had some decent matches lately, and he is very much improved from a year ago. DT, when he when he gave that finisher on Becky, it really put the crowd on its feet. I mean, people loved it. You know, when that that when that mixed tag with uh, him and Lacey, and he put that move on Becky, people popped big time. And that I think that was his turn the corner moment where people were like fucking Corbin, what a heel! He put his fucking finisher on Becky and nailed it. I mean, you wouldn't think, oh, we didn't even think we're going to see violence on women or they're going to touch the women. And Corbin was the one to do it. So maybe when you look back, if Corbin becomes something much bigger deal, you can look back to that moment, I think. And I think the soup guys talked about it too. I remember them popping for it too. And we talked about it on the show. Uh, They didn't give up on him. You're right, DT. They could have gave up on him a long time ago Mm -hmm. and they weren't getting a return on their investment, but I think it's starting to pay off. Yeah, yeah. And um, for anybody that listened to Breakfast Soup Live last week, I had two scenarios for this week. Scenario number one was that Ricochet hits his finisher. Baron Corbin steals the win. That's what we got. My second scenario was that you push uh, Chad Gable. They cleaned him up, you know, gave him a shorter haircut. He almost looks like a child. I hate to say (laughs) it that way. He looks like a kid. You know, they have made him look like such an underdog that... You get behind an underdog. So I think you have Chad Gable getting the unexpected win to into the finals. I'm not saying Chad Gable would be on Bam Bam Bigelow level when Bam Bam Bigelow was, was doing King of the Ring back in the day, and he almost got to the end, but he came up a little bit short. But I think I don't think I want Chad Gable as King of the Ring. I think it would be like... Um, a Cinderella story to get to the end and come up a little short because if people remember Rocky won, and I'm not, I don't mean one is WON, I mean the first ever Rocky in 1976. Right. He didn't win. He did not win. He won in Rocky too. So I'm not comparing Chad Gable to Rocky, but if you're going to do an underdog story, you know, a lot of the good stories, the underdog comes just a little bit short. And you win over more fans that way. And I think Chad Gable has a lot more fans into him now than they did two weeks ago. I agree. I and agree. I and I think Corbin wins it all. Yep. King Corbin, you can you can just picture the obnoxiousness, the promos, you know, getting the crowd all riled up. It's perfect. It's the way to go. I, I, I don't see any other scenario at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to give some shout-outs. I guess we could also do uh, predictions because sure. I- I'll be honest with you. It's even with the King of the Ring now, we- obviously we don't know who is going to be the winner of Elias Gable yet, but I'm still going with Corbin no matter what. So before yeah. we get into anything, um, let me give some shout-outs to uh, our associate producers, Tygsy Bowers, Seth Washington, Metaphysic Fox, Whisperer Bob, G Unit, Jay Gambino, Neil McLeod, Vic Condor, Garcia Kane, CM Black Pixels, Jacob Eston, Michael John Buchanan, Stell, Derek Brewer, Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, Tony, Chris Harris, Keith Doherty, John Krauser, Roger Rubio, Fatty316, Stan the Man, you better not be sued by Ric Flair, Loudon. 
Don Tony's mm. political advisor, D-Boy Gentleman, Ernesto Defensa, Timothy Keel, Kane Shaw, Jeffrey Collins, James Mills, Cockboy, Tom Baffa, Jace Moody, Joseph Nicoluk, Nickel Time, Michael Rhino, Paul Convoy, Adam Demoy, Billy Taylor, Hassan Hashmi, Brent Webster, Aaron Kloss, Alton here, Anthony Smith, James Gruesome, Mark Israel, Bob O'Mac, CJ Uihara, Crestman, Switch Babe, Courtney Summers, James Deal, Diogo Nobre, John Coffey, Andrew914, Tim Everhart, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Merle Coombs Jr., Douglas McKay, Keith Lee, James Farmer, John Garcia, Mad Dog No Good, Larry Trailer, Tommy Pakeshi, Zach Spoonamore, Chris Lumna, Rich Maharg, Julian LeBlanc, Carl Buto, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Bida Lewin, Rob McKay, Big Red, Brandon Rice, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. Thank you, guys, gals. That is our associate producers. They are very instrumental as far as what you hear on these shows. And uh, they are, along with all the patrons, the reason why the show's still free for everybody. So Absolutely. if you want to join them on Patreon, patreon.com slash Don Tony. If you sign up before Tuesday night, you'll get to enjoy uh, DTKC Extra Tuesday night, right after SmackDown, right on Discord. Right. So uh, Clash of Champions this Sunday. Obviously, we got the King of the Ring finals, Baron Corbin versus either Elias or Chad Gable. Uh, for Chad, I think it's going to be Chad Gable. Yeah, but uh, you, who do you think is going to win uh, the entire King of the Ring? You're going to go with Corbin? Uh, Baron Corbin. Yeah, I'm going with Corbin too. Um, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Charlotte Flair. Charlotte wins the title. Really? I think we will have... Uh, Sasha Banks possibly interfere. I think Bailey retains. Okay. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman defend the Raw Tag Team Championships against Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. This is my prediction. They they are going to lose to uh, Dolph Ziggler and, and Robert Roode, and that's where the little dissension is going to come in for the match later on to make it a, a, a basically a brawl. They're going to have a, a fucked up moment and lose the belts to them. There'll be a blame game between the two. Dissension, and then it makes for that kind of a match later on the night. They're going to drop the belts to Root and Ziggler. I guarantee it. You know, it, it's almost like that's the reason why they didn't do the dissension tonight. Yes. They wanted the dissension to lead after their pay-per-view loss against Ziggler and Rude. Mm-hmm. So, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I think um, Rollins and Strowman, yeah, they lose the tie. I wonder if maybe like Strowman walks off and maybe leaves Rollins there out to dry, you know, but I think Rude and Ziggler, Ziggler, look, he came back, you know, it's, I should have been me. And um, he really got no payoff other than the payoff in Saudi Arabia. So yeah. giving him a little tag team rub, especially Robert Rude, because they have totally misused him for a while now. Yeah. I could see them having to take belts for a little bit. So I'll go with yep. that. Okay. Uh, Drew Gulak defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. I think Gulak retains. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm not feeling anybody taking that belt off of Gulak nah. right now. Um, New Day once again uh, defending the SmackDown tag titles against the revival of Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. I'll go with the revival taking it. I think they will keep the tag titles on New Day heading into the Fox deal. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah, good point. Good point. I wasn't thinking about that. So I think they'll keep it on New Day. 
Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura defending the Intercontinental Championship against The Miz. Some reason I think Miz is going to get it. Nakamura is just a step o- a stopover. I think Miz is going to get it for some reason. I'm going to go with The Miz. I posted on Twitter earlier that if my calculations are correct, we should get ready to congratulate Maurice and Miz on the birth of their second child. It should be happening any day. And I think because of that, I think the Miz will need to take a little bit of time off to be with his newborn and his wife. So I think Shinsuke retains and keeps the title. Okay. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Oh, Reigns all day long. Reigns. Wow. This this was my hardest match to, to pick. Because <laughs> Eric Rowan, I said this on Breakfast Soup Live last week. Look, we have heard Eric Rowan cut promos in other feds in the past. So we knew Eric Rowan could talk. But his promo last week, him just talking like Eric Rowan, you know, none of this cryptic, none of this grunts, none of just talking like a Southern hick, which he's not, but talking that way. Like I, I listened to that last week and I said to myself, the fuck do you not? have this guy cutting promos like this for the last bunch of years. The guy could hold his own on the mic, but I wonder if we get a little bit of involvement from Daniel Bryan. I don't know if Daniel Bryan will cost Eric Rowan the win because obviously something has to happen on SmackDown tomorrow to intensify this a little bit. But with this being Connor month, you almost feel like there's got to be some positive for Roman Reigns. Look, I, I joked last week as well. You know, Eric Rowan, you know, and I say this in storyline, he should have been murdered for not completing the job of Roman Reigns. True. You know, he's dropping boxes, fucking crashing cars and all that. You don't finish the job? The fuck is wrong with you? So I, I almost feel like in storyline, Roman Reigns needs to get this win over Eric Rowan. Okay. Maybe he wins and then gets cheap shotted right after. Maybe Daniel Bryan costs Eric Rowan the win for a little bit of a swerve. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending the WWE women's tag titles against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. It's they're gonna finally pay off for Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I think they give them the belts. I'm gonna go with them. I got news for you. You mm-hmm. know, not to I don't mean to backtrack why yeah. not? Why not make Daniel Bryan a special guest referee against in the Roman Reigns Eric Rowan match? That's that's a good one too. I just I think you, you, you discount at all the fact that maybe Luke Harper can be involved in this. Uh, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I would would have loved to have seen Luke Harper back by now. Um, they got him on the contract. He's good to go. I mean, why not utilize him? I mean, well, and I know, and I, and I know you're going to talk about. I saw your post. You're going to talk about Cross on Wednesday, but it's kind of like the Killer Cross well, thing. You can talk about Cross now. If no, 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 no. I'm just to to just put that out there for one second. Let's get just get back to King of Ring. Uh, Killer Cross under Impact contract, whatever. Utilize the fucking guy. If you're not going to let him go, utilize him. Same thing for Luke Harper. Why not utilize the guy if he's good to go? You know what I mean. So why not incorporate him in that feud? NXT. Yeah. NXT debuting on Fox, uh, Luke Harper. I don't know. Maybe they push him as a singles in NXT. Okay. Uh, but for the women's tag titles, who are you going with? Uh, oh, you talking? Oh, no, I, I already said uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Okay, I'm going with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Think they got I, something with these two, and they're going to keep no, going. No, I I just don't think. 
Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, like they have any in real investment in them. Like the way I felt about Ember Moon is the way I feel about Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville right now. Like, okay, we got to give them an opponent for the pay-per-view. So we might as well put them against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Um, the Iconics have pretty much fucking disappeared. Kabuki Warriors, I don't know what WWE has against them. I mean, I just, oh, God. it's it's just, it's unbelievable. And, and I almost feel that Asuka, and I haven't talked about this yet. I was going to bring it up a little Wednesday, but I honestly feel that Asuka is probably best suited to go back to NXT. Yeah, me too. I mean, and Kyrie Sane too, right? Kyrie Sane, I'm a little unsure about. Um, it, maybe they can feud in NXT. I, I'm not sure what to do with Kyrie Sane yet, but you just look at Asuka going back to her roots. You know, yeah. just having an unbelievable run in NXT. I almost feel like you gotta put Asuka back in NXT. You, look, I agree with you about Baszler and others in NXT right now. The problem is you bring them up on the main roster and a majority of people, it's not like, you know, the, when they have, um, was that that tag team from NXT? Um, not, they, they're on Raw every week now. I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh, uh, uh, I was going to say private party, but that's an AEW. Uh, no, the Street Profits. Uh, the Street, street profits. profits, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not like you're putting them on TV every single week, so the main roster fans get acclimated with them. You know, Street Profits, everybody knows who they are now, even though I just had a brain cramp. But, you know, with Baszler and others, you put them on the main roster, there's a very small audience that really knows who they are and follows them on a regular basis. You might get a big pop from them the night after the uh, WrestleMania. On a weekly basis, it's too soon. So I feel that if you're going to go into this, USA Network deal with NXT, especially going head-to-head with AEW, you have to have some established names that people like on the main roster but feel that are not being utilized correctly. So if you put Asuka back in NXT, maybe have Luke Harper get a fucking singles run since he had an awesome match the last time we saw him. Um, You know, things like that I think would be well-received by fans. But as far as Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross having those belts right now, the momentum is absolutely zero. And I think that's probably the reason why they will keep the titles. Okay. Well, you're right, DT. And also when you talk about bringing people back in NXT, you got Brizango back there, and you got also uh, Killian Dane back there. Yeah. And they just announced Killian Dane in a street fight with uh, Matt Riddle on that September 18th. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the Royal Women's title. Uh, hmm. I'm just going to, I'm going to go with Sasha Banks. I'm thinking because then, uh, our, then her and Becky can continue uh, the feud. Uh, they, can, they can have something hot going into October. Maybe put the belt on Banks now unless they have a matchup at the next pay-per-view. But I'm going to go, I'm just going to go with Banks. I wonder if Sasha helps Bailey retain Charlotte helps Becky retain. Hmm. So I'm going to go with Becky to retain. Interference on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coffee Kingston versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Uh, Jeez. That's that. I'm, 
I thought they were going to go into the October, the, the new shows with Orton wearing the belt, but now I'm not so sure because I like the whole Brock thing going over to SmackDown and him being the one to take the belt off of Kofi, I think, which was your suggestion. Yeah, I, yeah. I that was, that he was shows up the uh, debut yeah, on Fox. I, I'm thinking that too. So I'm going to go with Kofi retains because there's somebody bigger and better who's going to be Kofi next month. Yeah, yeah. That Fox deal is a lot closer than people realize. So I'm yeah. going to go with Kofi to retain. Yep. And uh, Seth Rollins defending the Universal title against Braun Strowman. I think he beats Strowman. I don't see the point in giving Strowman the belt now. I um, I think uh, Rollins retains, and I guess in, in a, some weird way, Strowman turns heel, but or he's the heel in the match. Let's just go with it that way. That He does something fucked up to Rollins, but Rollins retains. But Strowman is definitely the heel in this match. Yeah, I. I it's funny because I think... They can use Braun Strowman as a babyface guy. I think the fans really want to get behind him. The idea of of turning him full-blown heel a second time with bad timing is horrendous. They did it that first time where naturally the fans were getting behind him and a few with Roman Reigns, and I always talk about it. Then the one night they put him on Raw, and out of nowhere, he says, just like Roman, uh, just like all of you, I hate Roman Reigns. And people are like, um, why is WWE making him kind of, like they were forcing him to be heel nah. again. And it sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what he is, DT, because he didn't get much of a reaction tonight. Even when Austin gave him the, the bigger intro, his reaction was kind of, ugh. Yeah. I mean, it really, I don't think the fans really know what to make of Braun Strowman. I think right Braun now. is still a baby face. I have a feeling when the night is over, Braun and Seth Rollins will still be a baby baby faces who are not getting along. I like uh, what Kevin Milwaukee says in the chat. Tepid at best. Yeah, it's a tepid reaction, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I agree with that's That's what it is. Tepid. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's pretty much the pay-per-view. Very quickly, for those that are interested, WWE in their shop store has a new Steve Austin t-shirt on sale. It's basically to plug his appearance tonight in New York. Yeah, so, I like that. Yeah, if you live outside of New York, I don't know why you would actually buy it. <laughs> but uh, they decided to really regionalize it, which is a little confusing to me. Um, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are both on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. I think there's a video on WWE's website behind the scenes on uh, the shoot, the photo shoot that they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing um, the 24 that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. The the one with Trish Stratus is going to be uh, on the network very, very shortly. People may remember when she had that match, we said that the cameras were following her in the morning yes. and all that. Yeah, it's going to set look a lot reminiscent of the Kurt Angle one. Just a little better result because Kurt Angle's match, you look back on it and it just felt like WWE just like, oh, we got to do a retirement. All right, Corbin. It's just like they, just a really awkward, odd way to have Kurt Angle exit from the pro wrestling ring. Well, good segue, DT, because uh, we can congrats Kurt Angle and his wife, uh, Giovanna, who adopted a son from Bulgaria. Oh, nice. Uh, and it's a teenager because his wife, Giovanna Angle, said uh, her and Kurt went to Bulgaria to visit with their prospective son, and she hashtag teen adoption blessed. So, oh, yeah, that's cool. I didn't even yeah. know about that. That's cool. Congrats to both of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, also, for those that are interested, now, obviously, you know, this is very regionalized, but maybe some of you listening are going to be in the... Um, Oh, 
What's, what's, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a fucking blank. In, oh, Augusta. If anybody who lives in and around Augusta, Maine, on Saturday, November 2nd, uh, they're gonna, the National Alliance on Mental Illness is going to be having an all-day event. There's going to be a lot of speakers there, and the keynote speaker is going to be none other than AJ. AJ Lee, AJ Mendez, oh. AJ Brooks, whatever you want to call it. She's going to be doing the keynote for that day, and then afterwards, uh, I believe it's only for an hour, but you know she'll probably go over time. She's going to be signing her book. So if you live around that area and you want to go to this conference, you get the opportunity to meet AJ Lee and it's all to, you know, keep awareness on mental illness. It's a really good cause. If you want more information on it, you go to namimain.org and you could see all the, the details regarding the conference of 2019. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, uh, with that, I think that's it. Everyone... Check out Texas Podcast Massacre. Yes. Uh, great podcast focusing on a lot of horror films, uh, B films from yesteryear. Uh, Shoot the Defense, soccer podcast, Stell. Buy soccer fans, for soccer fans. Got a great patron, has a lot of exclusive footage, interviews, a lot of content that's not available to the general public. Isaac Fox, once again, great idea, custom poetry. I'm telling you, everyone, everybody has a loved one, a parent, boyfriend, a girlfriend, somebody. You want to write something exclusive that they could Google and not find that you copied it off of any artist. You could have Isaac write some awesome poetry and uh, you could take the credit for it. Um, You have Rocked Reviews, very entertaining podcast, focuses on albums from yesteryear, mostly in the rock music scene. A lot of albums that did well, and we look back on it, and we're like, why? Sneaker Addict DJ Dells, like we plugged earlier, he uh, reviews sneakers, but he's also big time in wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling interviews. Elman Shaw is a displayed store. It's a lot of pop culture artwork, and I have some of his artwork, and once I start doing video, you will see it on display. SubZeroComics.com for your wrestling, comic book, pop culture, collectible needs. Bob O'Mac, shout out to you, my friend, Christ in the Toyverse. He does a podcast on YouTube under the name Undercover Capes. Reviews a lot of collectibles, figurines, bobbleheads. Uh, Mike, Your Best Bargains, LLC, Amazon Store, eBay Store, and Raul Romo's House of Cards. If you collect wrestling cards, maybe trying to complete a set, he's got some... Pretty cool cards up for sale. You can find them on eBay under the name Raul Romo. So, um, anything else you want to cover before we go? Yeah, I'm going to be, well, tomorrow we got uh, DTKC Extra. Yeah, on Patreon right after SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wednesday, I'm going to be on Drew Yari's show, and Drew is now running through Soup Network. Uh, So, I'm going to be on the Drew Yari show on this Wednesday night with Drew. That's 8.30 uh, our time. Uh, and then, of course, Thursday is uh, Dark Chronicles with me and Trez for our Patreons. Yeah. Um, now, just to let everybody know, as far as Wednesday's, you know, Wednesday night, Donald might, it's not going to be live. I'm taping a pilot this week. 
I'm probably going to start working on it tomorrow because the show is going to be everything but Raw and SmackDown. It's a show I've never done before, so it's a, it's going to be a big challenge because there is going to be a lot of New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, AEW, some indie stuff as well, and it's going to be really, really thought out. Um, the idea of this show is to not have crazy amounts of time invested in it. That's why I'm going to 86 the history show, put it on the shelf for a little while. Um, so this week, that show will not be live. If you want to listen to something live, check out Drew Yari on Wednesday. But it'll be available for downloading Wednesday evening early for everyone. Once AEW debuts... That's when it will air live every week immediately after AEW goes off the air. So it'll be 10 p.m. Eastern. So right now, just doing a pilot, getting into the swing of it, see what kind of reaction we get. Patrons, not patrons. I would definitely want your feedback to let me know what you think about it. Also, just a reminder, everyone, for those on Patreon, we will have the predictions challenge this weekend. So for everybody out there that likes to take part in pay-per-view predictions, the thread will be put on DonTony.com and you will send your entries like you always do uh, through Patreon so you could take part in that. The uh, prize wall, the Brock Lesnar CM Punk WrestleMania autograph plaque signed by both of them, that's off the, the uh, wall that's been claimed in its place is the Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse box, that gift box set that sold out in five minutes. That's like $300 on eBay right now. Jeez. That will be up there, sealed. And with it, you will get all three puppets. You'll get the boss, you'll get Ramblin' Rabbit, and you will get Mercy the Buzzard. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so you get the, the Firefly Funhouse set plus... The three puppets and anybody out there, if you have not gone on my Twitter yet, add Don Tony D. There is a photo up there of the puppets. I got them and I put it next to my bobblehead to show everybody. Size difference, right? (laughs) uh, Did you see that? Yeah. They're impressive. That is impressive. They're impressive. I mean, I didn't know they were that big. I never in a million years. Look, the boss one is a little bit small, but the rambling rabbit one is perfect size. Marcy the Buzzard, my God, if if the nose was a little bit stiffer, I think women could have a field day with it, if you know what oh, I'm talking really? about. I mean, it's it, it's big beak. I was like, holy shit, when I got this, I'm like, I can't even put it in a normal box. I sent yeah. the set to Anna, and she got them, and I was a little worried that they were going to be crushed in the box because I couldn't believe how big these puppets are, so, and they're really good quality. I was shocked. I expected it to be this really cheap material, but um, pretty impressive. So nice. uh, that'll be on the prize wall in case anybody uh, goes for that. So Excellent. Yeah, I think that's it. So uh, everybody, make sure you check out Patreon Tuesday night right after SmackDown. We'll be live once again. We'll do a little bit of SmackDown coverage, little uh, questions here and there, get into a couple little things that we didn't talk about today. We'll talk about Killer Cross and a few things tomorrow night as well. And awesome. uh, yeah, we'll have a good one. All right, DT. Thanks. Good All show. Right. Talk to you later. Welcome. Okay. Good to have you back. Thanks. Right. Take care. You know, I just also uh, wanted to um, give a shout out to John Draper for uh, taking my spot last week and, uh, you know, did a great show. So I want to thank him for that. Everyone else, I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
I will be back, like I said, tomorrow night, right after SmackDown. Wednesday will be the pilot of Wednesday night, Dono Might. Thursday, you have Dark Chronicles. Uh, I think Friday is the return of Blah 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 on Patreon as well. And as I said, I'll probably be doing Season 2, Episode 37 of This Week in Wrestling History. But as I have mentioned before, that show will be going on hiatus for a little while. So I could dedicate the time for the uh, Wednesday um, now, now some people have asked me, uh, is this going to affect breakfast soup in any way? Absolutely not. Cause Wednesdays are also breakfast soup. So I'll be doing double duty on Wednesdays. It will not affect breakfast with Blossy. Breakfast with Blossy will still air twice a month. I just have to figure out, look, there's going to be some changes in schedule. Like I said, when WWE moves to Fridays, there's going to be no longer a live Tuesday SmackDown show. So Tuesday may be Breakfast of Blasi. I don't know. But as the next month or two progress, we will get everything organized. And I am shopping for a new webcam. So for all of you big time podcasters out there that have like really good professional video, please send me suggestions on Twitter uh, or let me know what you use. Because right now I have some Logitech, I think like 920 or 930 webcam. I don't like the quality of, of the video. So if anybody out there has any suggestions on webcams, please send them along my way because uh, before the end of the year, I want to start launching video for yours truly. So for everybody listening live, stay tuned. You got more audio for everybody else. Thank you as always for the support. And I will catch you all soon. Ciao. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com.